and now for something completely different. I sometimes joke to my friends that podcasting is all about doing deep background research on your guests, then pretending not to know any of it so you can ask questions and get them to answer for themselves, ultimately making me look a bit clueless. Tonight, I'm going to have a chance to look clueless all on my own merit as I'm joined by my former podcast guest and now friend, Adam Thomas, to talk about product strategy and have a nice chat. We recorded a webinar the other day as a little experiment. We liked it so much, we're sharing it with you here too. So let me know if you like the format or not and whether you think we should do any more of these things. Speaking of talking to each other, I believe that mentorship is a key part of advancing your product management career. Because of that, I've co-founded a new free mentoring platform called My Mentor Path, where product managers and product leaders can connect with each other, have good conversations themselves, and get the support they need to grow in their careers. If you want to be a part of that, head over to MyMentorPath.com, where you can sign up to be a mentor, a mentee, or both. Make sure to check out the show notes for more details. Right, so two guys, two microphones, three questions, all about product strategy. We may not be the all-in podcast, but these two besties are going to give it a go anyway, so stick with us and see how we did on One Night in Product. What do we have here? Well, we have a list of questions that people sent in, and I guess we can just run them down, and we'll see where we go in the next few minutes. Uh, and hopefully it'll be useful to folks out there. If Grant's watching, he's into the strategy. We'll dig in. <laughs> that, yeah, at least yeah. that, that much we, we know uh, it'll be, he'll be into. And uh, same thing with May. And we go from there. Let's do it. So what's that? I mean, I hasten to add, I have not seen any of these questions in advance. Yeah. Oh, Chris is here. Hey, Chris. I've seen them, and I've changed all of them. No, I haven't. So it's fine. You, you could say literally anything, and I wouldn't know if they were the actual questions that were submitted or not. This is true. This could all be lies. But they aren't. <laughs> so so what are we let's, talking about? let's jump in with the first question. It's from Ryan Rebo, who asks, from your perspective, what are the pillars of an effective product strategy? Oh, my goodness. Well, we know the... Uh, you know, it's a good chart when it's a pillar chart with like the four pillars and then the little hat on the top, which says strategy and then the things underneath. I don't know. I mean, are we, we're both going to answer this though, right? It's not just me answering it, but yes, I guess for me, a lot of it is around actionability. So like a lot of people will say that, well, there's, there's kind of two different types of, let's call it bad strategy. Like the one which is just like this, sort of pie in the sky, just like completely vacuous sort of mission statement type thing, which isn't bad in and as of itself. Like it's good to have one of those, but it's not actionable in any way. Or the other, of course, is that it it's just like our strategy is to make money. And so, well, that's cool. Like you should you should definitely make money. But again, it's about trying to tie together all, all of the different business outcomes that you're trying to go for and saying, well, what specifically are we going to do over the next period of time that is actually going to get us close to that step. What bets are we placing? So it's got to be focused, it's got to be action-oriented, and it's got to be in service of that bigger goal would be, I don't know if that, how many pillars that is. That's three pillars, so hopefully the, the temple will... I'm going to Greece next week, so I'm going to, I'll see if I can see any pillars over there that we can... Well, the stool of strategy is, is, is up, three pillars. Have put that up. The thing I would add, everything you said is, is extremely true to me, and there are things that teams lack. I'm super glad that you started off with actionability because far too often when people look, when you talk about strategy, it's some folks running into a room 
and they come up with whatever these ideas are. No one's heard of them before they walked into the room. And the way that they communicate those ideas, nobody will hear them after they leave that room. But in that room, there is a strategy somewhere. And the people that are supposed to be reacting to that strategy can't. So people can't react to, to that strategy at all. And so that the actionability thing is really important to me. The other thing, and I was talking to, um, I was talking to a, a potential client earlier about product strategy, and this is something that we ended the call on, which is time. Yeah. There needs to be some sense of time where we're referring to the strategy. We are putting the strategy in front of people. We're, we're adjusting the strategy based on the conditions on the ground. And so that I think that helps the other three pillars that you mentioned, because now it's real people with a sense of ownership of that strategy. And uh, it's not just this uh, weird document in Google Drive that I, I, I don't know. There's an alignment piece there, which actually I think is really important. Like, in theory, I should be able to go to any team or any people within the teams within an organization and broadly speaking, get roughly the same answer about what the company's actually doing and, and, and where it's going and how it's getting there. And I would venture to say that in many companies that I've worked for and, and in companies that I've you know, worked with, that isn't there. And everyone has their own kind of different ideas about the best way to get somewhere. And it's natural for someone to have a different idea based on the context that they're in, the fact that you know they've been set probably different targets and stuff. But the idea that you can go into a company and ask like you know seven different people and get nine different answers about what the strategy is is like so so a strategy is only as good as the way that I mean you kind of touched on it yourself like the way it's expressed and and the way that people can kind of rally behind it and that they feel that they can contribute to it because otherwise it's just a bunch of words that you know some like you say some people in a you know smoky sort of club room or something they've all kind of they just come out and it's just a document that just sits there and, and eventually rots away and gets replaced by another one if if it's lucky. Yeah, at best, at best, with you know, without without that, you know, you're, you're hopefully somebody's accidentally running into it. But in most cases, <laughs> we go right back into what every team complains about at some point, especially now, which is value as delivery. Yeah, and if you don't have that strategic anchor there, then what's the closest thing you can grab? Well, did we ship something this week or in the last two weeks? Well, that's the thing, though, because companies, this is interesting, actually, it was a, I was on a webinar earlier, and uh, one of the questions was about, like, you know, escaping from the feature factory and trying to persuade your bosses that, you know, that was a bad way to run things. And I think that the sad truth is that in many places, probably, you can kind of get by if you've got to a certain, if you're kind of default alive, as you know, in, in financial terms, and you know, you, you've got enough, you know, maybe you're B2B, and you've got decent contracts, and you know, decent ARR, like you for quite a while, you can probably chug along quite nicely without without any kind of appreciable strategy, and it might not end up lasting forever. But I think there's also this maybe naive expectation on on the part of some that that somehow having what they think is a good strategy is you know, like the right format or has the right length of time, or that that's something that everyone else in the business cares about. When actually they probably just sit there thinking, well, you know, we've got. Some renewals come up. We'll throw the customer success people at those, and that'll get those in. So, like, I think actually trying to demonstrate what the benefits are of having that strategy and how you can use that to inform prioritization decisions, and how you can use that to kind of help to define 
who you're going after, what, what, where you're going to place your bets. I think it's it's important, but yeah, I do think it's it's quite. I've quite regularly seen companies that don't seem to have any particular strategy at all, other than just get bigger and grow. But in many cases, I've seen that work averagely well. And <laughs> the purist in me will sit there and think, well, I kind of want those companies to start to struggle so that they can see that they need to do things better. But obviously, on the other hand, I don't really want people to struggle because I want everyone to be doing good work so and companies to be thriving. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. And I mean, that I think that runs into the idea of applied, right? But no one cares about the strategy as strategy outside of us. And here's the other, I think that's what you're hitting on. No one cares, right? Mm-hmm. Is it driving better outcomes for for people? Does it make my life easier? I, I remember when I first started doing this wonderful vocation of product management, I had a mentor that sat me down and he goes, and then he loved to curse. <laughs> just Adam. No, he just would go, Adam, no one gives a fuck about the cool thing that you're, you've learned from wherever you've learned it from. Your job is to make sure that they, meaning the people that are using your product, have an easier time using it and get better outcomes. That's it. Yep. And they don't care how you do it. They don't care what whiz bang you've created for them. Right? Does it help them do what they need to do? And that's it, right? And I, I think taking that same lens to strategy is super important, right? Like no one cares about the document itself. Yeah. Um, really, they care about, are you helping them get the outcomes that they look for? And if you can give them better outcomes, they'll trust you more. So figure out how to communicate that and do that. I think documents are an interesting one, actually. I remember working at one place where we spent quite some time pulling together, like, you know, because, you know, you've got these, canvases and stuff that you can use these days like you know strategy on a page and all that and it's like i get that and one of the things that i saw was or that, that i was kind of brought into the process of was trying to define this strategy but it was like a massive template you know 30 pages long or something like that and i looked at it i'm like well no one's going to read this right like no like your strategy has to be consumable it can't just be something that that you know like a, a big old dusty thing a load of dust off and like get it out of its its leather wallet or whatever but actually one of the things i did find about that although i actually am pretty certain that no one ever did read it after we kind of presented the key takeaways to it all hands was the process of writing that document was incredibly valuable even if the document itself the resulting document immediately gets you know, like an indiana jones like put into a warehouse at, at the end you know the process of, of going through that and the thought process that we had to go through and the kind of discussions that we had to have around that, it gave us a better strategy in the end, even though the actual document was kind of meaningless as, almost as soon as we published it. So I'm not sure what lesson that taught me as such. I, I definitely don't want to overwrite documents, but the the idea that, you know, with, with regards to strategy, like having those good conversations and making those good decisions and having some kind of framework to enable you to to ask those questions and you know this is where you start i mean complete tangent but like when people talk about things like uh, prioritization frameworks which they try to use to almost invent a strategy from the bottom up you know just take a bunch of 50 features and just prioritize them through some numeric thing or whatever and again it's not so much the fact that the that that doing that is going to give you your roadmap but it prompts and provokes the right questions to help you to understand what it is you should be working on but i don't know if you've used any particular frameworks or canvases or you know any anything that we can buy on your website to do that sort of thing 
I mean, you know, you know, there's survival metrics, but we don't want to talk about any of that. We spoke about none, that. None, of, none of that. None of that nonsense. Also, hello, Chris. Chris wants to make sure that he's acknowledged as Chris Butler generally needs to be. Uh, <laughs> uh, good to see you, Carson. Uh, I used to work with Carson at Smart Recruiters. Oh, there you go. And uh, just a wonderful, wonderful peer. Yeah. So uh, let's get to the next question because we're already almost out of time. Like just one question. We've already. Oh, no. Well, look, we, we, well, who knew that you get two guys together that can talk and they might talk, huh? Yeah, they might just they keep talking. You know, they might get really interested in this. We we could push it and go to like twenty two minutes or something as well. Yes, we're we're gonna give everyone extra time, two minutes. Bonus content. All earned it. Bonus content. Uh, <laughs> major magic extra two minutes. Um, we'll have five endings like Lord of the Rings. Indeed, indeed. Ending number two. Exactly. Um, Chris, <laughs> well, Chris, uh, Chris's question is has been thumbed up a lot here. Uh, how do you know a strategy is working? How do you know it isn't? Well, I guess <laughs> everyone's, when everyone's shouting at you and the company's going to have, I mean, that's uh, probably a bit late after that point. But I guess one of the key points that we talked about around the pillars and this kind of concept of actionability and you, know, you touched on it as well with your survival metrics. I mean, I think a good strategy should have some way of understanding if they're working kind of baked into them. And obviously, this is where you then start maybe talking about things like OKRs and using them to measure the objectives that you're driving for through the strategy. But yeah, just having some idea of of like the metric yeah, upfront, not not like retrofit them afterwards and saying, oh, well, we know the strategy is working now because that number we just looked up went up. And we, it's like, because, you know, that's, uh, I'm sure that has happened a number of times uh, before, but it's uh Agreeing up front, like if, if this strategy works, this, this is what the world looks like. And yeah, maybe sometimes, yeah, I mean, people talk about like North Star metrics and stuff. Yeah, maybe it's that, or maybe there are some other metrics. And there's always, obviously, also the important thing around, and that uh, you put it as well, kind of almost having those, that safety net of making sure that you're not pulling some other metric that you care about the wrong way. I mean, you can't run everything from, from metrics uh, as such. I mean, obviously, it doesn't answer every question, but just ha having some idea up front about what a good scenario looks like for you so that you can track whether those numbers are moving in the right direction might give you a, a shout as to whether it's working or not. 100% uh, concur there. Like, you know, as, as Survival Metrics talks about, right, it's the importance of finding out what those numbers and what those tripwires are before you start working. It is a great way to, to uh, check to see if, one, the strategy is real. Um, because it should generate some tensions, right? There should be choices being made. Uh, yeah. If the numbers matter, because then right, they should drive some sort of action. If we have a clear strategy with clear numbers, there should be something that tells us to stop. There should be something that tells us to pivot or something for us to jump in and, and engage with and invest uh, moving forward. And it should be clear and communicated, right? Yeah. It, it, there should be an understanding of the other folks and the trade-offs being made. And so you can be, you can, you are able to, understand if that strategy is working based on that. If you're in the middle of a strategy, right, uh, with, I think a lot of folks who are listening to this or will listen to this are in January, I think the first, the most important thing you can do right now is to stop with the folks that are the stakeholders. Try to get the stakeholders in a room and try to take what strategy you have and just agree on what language, what does it mean, right? Based on the work that you've already committed to over this 
let's say quarter, right? You have there's work that has been produced. Is it affecting the strategy? Is it real? Is it tied to the strategy? Is the work all the way over here? And if it is all the way over here, are we pursuing the right strategy or are we lying to ourselves? And so there's a great opportunity to take a second, stop, check, check yourself um, and check the team. I think another thing that is uh, important for folks, especially if they're in a space now and they're running something, you know, they've been given dual track agile to run and like they're in the middle of this transformation and is to go around and ask, and Chris is going to love this because he taught me this, um, <laughs> um, right? Go ask people who are working on the strategy what the major problem is. What problem are they solving? What are we, what are we going after? And if a, a, a chunk of the people or a sample of the people can't tell you the same thing, then you, you, have a, you have some clarity on the fact that your strategy is not working. You're not communicating it. And so if you're in the middle of trying to understand what your strategy is now, Going, being able to go out and talk to talk to a few folks that are supposed to be implementing said strategy and seeing where they think their work is going is a good way to assess what's happening in, in front of you. Yeah, and I think also just the idea that obviously if you find yourself in a suboptimal situation where you arguably don't have a strategy, I mean, there's two, there's two ways to look at it. Like One of which is you just yeah, it's almost like you throw a bunch of marbles on the floor and then just try and draw a circle around it and say, well, that's my strategy for now, which probably isn't the best way. Or just accept that you don't have one yet and um, and work to have one coming up rather than trying to scrabble uphill to try and somehow justify the fact because you think that you're not, you don't look strategic enough because the strategy or lack of that you that you currently had isn't working or it's too disorganized or just wasn't good enough. I mean, as with everything, I mean, we should be open to, I mean, you touched on it, like, you know, open to switch up, open to change, open to new info, and, and also just honest with ourselves. Like, maybe the strategy that we had was just a bunch of nonsense that we threw together, and actually it wasn't really justifiable, and maybe we have learned some new things, and maybe we are just pumping features out at the moment. And, like, we don't want to be there, but at the same time, don't stress too much over where you're at. It's like, yeah, you know, I've seen people sit there going, oh, you know, Oh, yeah, our strategies, you know, we don't really have a strategy. We need, we, we need to have like a big old post more. So it's like, don't worry about where you were. Just worry about where you're going. Reset, you know, it's almost like stop, reset, like Truman Show style. Now let's, you know, let's go again. Now we've had that time to think about it. Now, knowing what we know now, rather than obsessing too much about the lack of planning that you didn't pass, because that's already happened. Yeah, we're already we're there, right? Yeah. The, the, the past is the past is the past. Uh, we can't go back and change it. Right. And, and for especially if we're going around in a slipshod ad hoc way, what can we even gather from the past from what we did? No. Right. Exactly. Like, let's go look to see what we're doing now. Let's go yeah. chat to see why people think that's important. Let's just sit down and let's let's start working. But it's um, never too late to start trying. Right. Like whatever situation you're in and however you know, crappy a feature factory you think you're in and however top down led, whatever, like, there's always a chance to try. You just have to take a minute and start down that path. And, and you know, how far you get obviously depends on a, num- a number of factors, but it's, it's never too late to try, even if you think that you're the least strategic team or the least strategic company, least focused company. There's always a chance to try. Yeah. It's like, just try, right? You can always try today. You can, you can do five minutes of strategy and it's probably going to pay off. Five minutes of just sitting and talking. And so we got one last question. I think it ties exactly into that. What do you do? When there is no product strategy and when product goals refer only to deliverables and timelines, which, yes, 
This is why people hire us. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep building and hope. No, I think it's, I mean, it's a good question. But on the one hand, like one of the things that you do do or probably do is you do keep building for now. Like you can't just sit there like, or you, you could try, but like you're not going to be able to sit there and say, right, we don't think that we're a very strategic company. We're just building features and doing, you know, answering sales requests and stuff like that. So what we're going to do now is just stop and then like do a strategy sprint or strategy several sprints. And then we're going to start working again. Like no one's going to accept that. So I think. It's all about trying to work out, you know, to the point that we made before around like, you know, getting started and, and starting to, to chip away a little bit. Like you're, if you're in a situation like that, let's face it, like the whole company is not going to change its way of working in you know, a day or two. Like it's going to take time to start to have these conversations and start to bring stuff together and start to get the evidence and start to get the plan together. So I think you need to try and carve out that time. And in some, again, if you're in some really overworked and overwhelmed companies that are just pinging from pillar to post, maybe that's harder than the other companies. Like if there's appetite from the top, then hopefully they'll help to support making that change. But yeah, I mean, it's about making small, measurable steps in that direction. But no one's going to sit there and say, hey, yeah, it's okay. Like you can all take six weeks to just like not write anything, not do anything, not build anything, and then, and then come back and we'll carry on. Like, no, I don't think that ever happens. Yeah. You know, everybody, we, we, oh, you say we don't have a strategy. So go ahead and make all of us up top feel stupid. No. Uh, go to the Bahamas for six weeks and then come back and <laughs> bring us your magical thoughts. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't work. And so I, I think another thing I'd add on, which is something I was alluding to there is, right. You're talking about people who think they have a strategy. Yeah. You're talking yeah. to uh, executives who feel like, they are on the ball. And so nope. the one thing you don't ever want to do is make them feel stupid. No. Nope. By going, well, I'm the strategy person. You nope. idiots need to listen to me. Give me six nah, weeks yeah. and we'll make some. Because that's what they're hearing. Yeah. And so trying to find ways to take a look at what's happening, get an understanding from their perspective. Why do they think this is strategy? Right? Nope. These are conversations. These are coffee conversations you can have that bring folks in and have zero stakes. I just want to have coffee. I want to tell you what I'm up to. And uh, it brings in, um, you start to understand the language and how they see the world, which will probably or should ultimately impact whatever strategy you're thinking about. Right? And if somebody sees their thoughts, their incentives, their ideas reflected back to them in something that you bring back, right? they're far more likely to listen yep. than if you go around and say, well, I read, uh, I, I read a uh, you ever heard of this guy, Marty Kagan? Well, he has this whole thing. And I went and I read a book and uh, I, I, I'm supposed to go do X, Y, and Z, right? Like, if I'm some, I like, I don't know who Marty Kagan. I don't, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like I just, like, and you want us to stop this? I, I have, I have bosses too. The board has you know, X, Y, and Z happening. You haven't even asked me about that. Yep. Go to work. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need, you know, you, you're not helping me. Um, and so, uh, don't make people feel stupid. Try to go understand their world and buy some trust to start to. And, and, and then, you know, as Jason just said, like just little incremental wins. Where can you start to infuse things here, there, everywhere? You can start to point out the value of these things and, and uh, people start to like you. 
then you can say, I want to go to the Bahamas for six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can uh, piggyback on the next uh, sales offsite uh, trip to the to to the hottest, you know, the hot the hot islands and and drink cocktails on the beach. There you go. Uh, yeah, you know, I just gotta, you know, I gotta go help sales. They there you like go. me. I'll just go. Right there. That's how you sneak in. On, that's exactly how you sneak in on the uh, sales offsite because well, sales I, is way better. I did once you. hear a story of a sales team who were loudly bragging to their colleagues, their non-sales colleagues at a staff party that, you know, basically about how much money and how many perks they got, which obviously caused understandable uproar within the team because they, you know, whether or not they should be getting those perks, like no one wants to be bragged at and, you know, like leered at or whatever at a party. And the CEO decided to go out and basically say something along the lines of, oh, but that, that's, that's just how it is because salespeople work harder than you. Which obviously didn't really uh, didn't really improve any situation, uh, but uh, you know it's one way to try and put the fire out, I guess. They're my favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> You're the bad child. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, product people are the bad children. That is the fate which we have selected and chosen for ourselves. It's the life we've chosen. It's, uh, it's- but we are bad children together, uh, Jason. I want to thank you for joining me on this experiment yes I, I, this has been a great time i want to do these more again we do it live we we, we we i'll fly to new york or you can fly to london and we can uh, we can do it at uh, a of some sort and uh, and set the world to rights we'll just yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll call it a strategy meeting from a client exactly we'll figure it out we'll, we'll put it all together companies we can together. claim the tax pack that'd be fun yeah just, yeah it's it, tax right off Everybody's happy, <laughs> and we get to explore either one of the best cities in the world. Well, with that, thank you all for joining us. If you have, thanks everyone. It's, uh, it's beautiful to see your little fa- little uh, names and faces. Indeed, indeed. And if you're watching this in the future, yeah, thanks. Hello from the past. <laughs> it was great. I don't know what's happening now. If it's fire, you should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, and uh, have a great one. Bye! As always, thanks for listening. I hope you found the episode inspiring and insightful. If you did, again, I can only encourage you to pop over to onenightinproduct.com, check out some of my other fantastic guests, sign up to the mailing list or subscribe on your favourite podcast app and make sure you share with your friends so you and they can never miss another episode again. I'll be back soon with another inspiring guest, but as for now, thanks and good night.